Welcome to Revive Ministries podcast. We have a very special guest today. Um, She's a mother of two. She's a wife, coffee lover, and a founder and host of Diamond Mind Radio podcast. We first met at an event I hosted this year. I think it was May. It was a mental health summit. I remember you were one of the speakers and you had such an amazing, inspiring story. Um, Recently, we just reconnected. I remember I did a video, right, on uh, Facebook. Is that right? You saw me on Facebook and um, we just reconnected that way. And I was on her podcast and now here she is. Welcome, Jessica. Um, Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Jessica, can you tell the listeners a little bit more, if there's anything more that I missed out that you want to share with the listeners? Because I know a lot of times when you're telling a story, you're sharing your story, a lot of people like to know a little bit more because they want to know it's not about it's building that relationship with with the listeners is because if they don't trust you or trust us they're not going to listen and we have a lot of things that i think is very important when it comes to this idea of recovery and you know this idea of overcoming and conquering childhood traumas which you're going to cover today so is there anything else that you would like to tell or share with the listeners as right now about me yeah about you anything oh. <laughs> you just, anything just yeah okay so like robert said i am a mom i i have uh, two children william is 13 so i have a 13 year old which is really weird and he's in middle school which is another weird thing transition that we've gone through and my daughter she is nine going on 19 i'm not even kidding (laughs) it's crazy like she's already calling herself a tween oh wow i know i'm like whoa hold on there hold on so she sneaks my makeup and that kind of stuff so um it's it's weird i love my kids and i also have fur babies so we have two australian shepherds Uh, i know they're they are high energy smart (laughs) as all get out and like they we also have seven puppies right now too i don't think you knew that robert but we have seven puppies in the house right now so wow that is Uh, pretty crazy yeah it was a surprise litter so (laughs) okay we are not any of them well um you know um revive ministries podcast usually focuses on recovery before we get into your story what do you what does recovery mean to you if you could just kind of like a lot of people just look at recovery sometimes in very different ways you know there's a physical aspect people go to hospitals they get treated for something they usually get at the most part cured but when we talk about recovery in the aspect of today what what does recovery mean to you and how has that changed how you see things and see people around you it's a really great great question uh and i believe when i tell my story that that's a key ingredient within my story okay and so recovery is just something to me is for me personally it's getting through not only getting through but like you're you're slaying your recovery like meaning like you are conquering uh your recovery your the the whole purpose you're driven by purpose and the mm-hmm. purpose is is to have the the life that you uh deserve the life that you um you're worthy enough for that life that you are have dreamt up and you're you're going through the steps necessary to own that life and it's about finding value again you know, you yeah. a lot of times when you are in recovery, there's some sort of loss, you know, whether it's uncertainty, whether you're just not sure what's next. But what I say, Jessica, is once you know the why, then the how gets a little bit easier. You know, why Absolutely. are you doing things? Why are you even doing this? And that's one of the wonderful things that helped me in my recovery. 
Right. We yeah, talked right. a lot about we talked a lot about stories, right? People telling stories. Why do you feel sharing people sharing their stories is so important? And why is it important to you? Because in your podcast, you know, you share you let people like I am share stories. Why do you think it's such a important thing that people do? Oh my goodness. That's another great question. I uh, know. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't be sorry. It's a great question. Uh that I love that question and it's something that why I started my podcast and I believe that sharing stories is a way for us to connect. Sharing stories is a way for us to learn and to save people time. You know, you tell people something like you share your story in hopes to uh, for them to take pieces of it and and to use that as a catalyst to their next level for them to help help them grow so they don't make the same mistakes or um, also sharing stories to show it, it helps people to see in in different uh, like environments of people's lives and yeah. and just how people can overcome and conquer uh, the most difficult challenges that they're they're given they're thrown at you know in life and I think sharing stories is just such an amazing way for us to connect and to grow and learn yeah I, I just remember this one quote I want to say before um, it's from Nelson Mandela he says courage or you know we talk about conquering courage is not the absence of fear it's the triumph over it a, a brave man is not one who does not feel fear but one that conquers it so I think that's really kind of kind of shows where you know it's not us we're not feeling for afraid it's just we're still doing it despite it and then that's just that's one of the things that I find fundamental in growing you know us growing is not just always when it's great but also when we struggle and it's just such an important thing the connections you talk about stories you know it's not only for the people that hear it but also it's for myself it reminds me of what worked and what did it and Jessica, I'm excited to hear your story. So go ahead, just share with the listeners your story. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah, that was a great quote, by the way. So like you had just mentioned, I think this is a great way for me to start my my story with um, your question about recovery. And one of the things that really helped me get through or even start my uh, recovery, getting to where I needed to be in my life is asking myself why which equals the destination and how and what are the steps to get there so that mindset really helped me uh get through what i'm about to share with you (laughs) so i uh, i'm a survivor of childhood sexual abuse from i can't even tell you when it began it they're my earliest memories so i don't know i don't know when it first started so I was sexually I was sexually abused by my biological father and it's very unfortunate. I just remember it being something totally normal because that was my normal th- yeah. that all fathers did that to their children and it wasn't until there was a couple times actually there was a there was a couple times where I instantly felt scared uh, when he had said a couple things to me which I, I'd like to just also, put um, out there that my story when I share it I, I don't want to trigger anybody and I also don't want to have any emotional 
responses to my story. So I don't go into details in my story. I find that very important. Uh, so I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there for you guys. If you're listening and you feel like, uh-oh, I don't know if I can listen to her speak my story. I, I want to emphasize the positive out of it. So you're going to he- hear a little bit of the darkness, but there's, trust me, it's, it's a lot of light and beauty in my story. So back to what i was saying there was a a few times where i was told some things that were very scary as a young child and i quickly realized that that that's not that is not normal and i don't know how old i was i must have been about four or five and i will tell you one thing that was said to me was uh, my my biological father asked if he could um that he wanted to marry me one day and that scared me because i knew that daddies and daughters don't they don't get married that was a very scary thing to say to to me at that time because I knew that you know my we we don't marry our parents so I was scared and there were some things happening at in that moment where I you know just froze and I would leave my body so that was my response was to just leave and and not be present I that so that, that that would happen quite often the abuse it was, it went on for until I was about 13. And then when I was 13, well, no, no, not when I was 13, when I was 11, I was raped by my parents' worker. Um, They had left him to watch us and that's when that event happened. So I had, there was a lot of sexual trauma that had happened at a very young age for me. It, It just was very, very traumatic for me. Um, so I never went through therapy. My parents never put me through that. I rarely went to like, you know, the hospital for things and things like that. So uh, I remember just having a lot of things happen where I didn't do certain things in my life because of the trauma. Like, and I wouldn't wear certain things because of the trauma. And I started really hating myself and that was like a normal feeling it was a normal feeling for me to not like my the skin I was in mm-hmm. I literally would like squeeze my arms and twist my like arms and when I would get angry and just start hurting myself I never cut myself but I would definitely like just want to I would want to but I I knew that that was not an okay thing to do yeah. but I did seek uh, I did seek to be self-medicated. And that started with alcohol at a young age. And also I would take drugs. So I started down that path and and doing drugs in my life. And just, I just wanted to be happy. That's really what I wanted. And drugs took me away from where I currently was. And for a short time though. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it wasn't this, it wasn't, I would wake up and then I would not be, you know, in this happy place anymore. I would be back in my home and scared and uh, unhappy with myself. And yeah, so it was really difficult as a child going through that. And when your parent is there, that's somebody that you should trust and is there to love you in a healthy way and to protect you from people when you're actually living with someone who is the one doing the harm. 
And yeah. it was very confusing too, because I believe that I wanted that, that I, I believe that was something that I had asked for, that that was all my fault. It yeah. was not something that he did. It was something that it was all my fault. So that was the, you know, the grooming process of someone, you know, a, a sexual predator. They're really good at that stuff. So yeah, I so, was groomed and yeah. I just want to just, uh, just, I ask you this one question. Yeah. You know, we talk. You know, I've been reading a book, and one of the things that I've, one of the things that stood out was that they say that thoughts, some a lot of times are more toxic than the things we put in our bodies. So what I keep hearing is that the, there are certain thoughts, certain lies that you are believing at this stage, and um, that really hindered you moving forward at this stage. Obviously, we're going to get to the good bits, but mm-hmm. you know, um, you know. You know, thoughts are usually overlooked when we're thinking about recovery, but literally those are the seeds that plant us and really decide the trajectory where we go, whether we look at ourselves as something that's valued versus not, you know, this guilt and shame doesn't really help any, but at the time we don't see anything else. There's no up and down. You know, I was, I was subjected to alcohol and uh, abusing myself, self medicating. I understand that concept. You just want the pain to go away. You want to feel happy again um, because you've lost. And in a way, you lost something. I just want to ask you if you could talk about what do you think were the major thoughts that hindered you moving forward at this time? And then that you believe, these lies that you believe. that Now you look back, you're like, why did I even think that way? Why did I even view myself that way? And then after that, when you have time, what was the turning point? I know you're getting there to you overcoming your childhood trauma. What were the few things that were like the way markers that you saw? Like this was a pivotal point for me making strides to where I'm at now. Okay. All that good stuff is just sprinkled within the story. So I don't want to jump ahead. Yeah. But those are really great questions because my mindset is a key, if not the most important ingredient within my story because without that mindset i would not be where i am today for sure and that's a def that's i mean there are are other key ingredients but that is one of the key ingredients in my story for sure okay go ahead i'm i'm sorry to interrupt oh no these are great questions yeah (laughs) um so i so within my childhood and then transitioning so I was about, you know, I was 13 when I first started smoking. When I started drinking, I was younger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really normal for me. And also how I like thought about myself. So you, you talked about, you know, our thoughts and, and my, my thoughts definitely, I, I told myself all of these things, like you're not worthy enough. It's all your fault or these things. But the love that I had for my sisters was, uh, just so amazing and it still is because I wanted to protect them mm-hmm. so I wanted to be the sponge that absorbed all the abuse and protect them because I I don't know why it was when I look back on it it's just because I really I really believe that was my that's my purpose mm-hmm. is I'm strong enough to handle all that stuff not saying that my sisters aren't but if somebody doesn't need to it, once you go through that abuse in your childhood is robbed of you i will never experience i will never know what it's like 
to have that childhood of feeling safe and, and of not going through, of having someone sexually abuse me. And you know what I mean? So that's why I have the chance to live my childhood, relive it through my children. They are mm. given a life that I could only have dreamt of. Yeah. So with, okay, so now we're at the point where I have, I have, you know, I'm, I'm into drugs completely. And I mean, I'm holding a job still. Mm. I was the responsible one. So on the outside, I, I did not look like this girl was on drugs we need to save her i was very put together i mean when i look back on it i had a job i was you know managing the little restaurant the little you know chinese to go place like they put me in charge of like a lot of things on the outside it looked like i was really troubled so it wasn't until i met my husband actually i i met my husband when i was 14 we broke it off and then we reconnected. So when we reconnected, and I, it was love at first sight. I know it's crazy, but I met him like that's gonna be my husband, and he said the same thing. So it was just crazy how that worked out, and we got back together. And I came. I remember I came to his apartment, and I was on drugs. And he said, "What? What are you on?" Because he didn't do that. And and I said, "Oh, nothing." And he's like, "You are on something, and you have to listen to me. Like you." If we're gonna be together, you cannot be doing this. I cannot go through this and watch you, you know, kill yourself. That's all it took for me is for him to say that to me because he was like my world. Like, um, so it was easy for me, luckily, for me to just say, okay, done. I literally, that was the last time, done. So having that peer support, having that person in my life to help guide me and show me that there's more to life and that I'm worth loving and he loved me in a healthy way so that was a huge stepping stone for me in my story is having yeah. him there and I also had my best friend who was there for me so I having those people there is mm -hmm. another key ingredient to my recovery and when I had moved out, making that phone call to report my biological father for the things that he had done was another huge step. I had always known that I was going to have to tell, and but I was terrified because that meant I was going to ruin the whole family. Mm -hmm. You know, I was told that I'm going to ruin. I was literally told I'm going to ruin my family if I speak out. That you know, and then all the other guilt that and shame that comes into it. Mm -hmm. So. I remember I was sitting there with my best friend and my husband, um, you know, fiance back then. They opened up the phone book and I said, today's the day. Today is the day for you to call because there was a time where my parents were separated and then they had moved back in together. And that scared me because I had, you know, spent a lot of my time protecting my sisters. So that knowing that he was in the same house was terrifying to me. So that's what triggered that that event to happen, which it turned, it shifted, it like was messy. It was hard to go through. It, that was such a hard thing to go through. Telling somebody that, telling officials, making it public that mm. what had happened to you, not just for myself, but for my family, for my sisters, it was messy, so yeah. messy. And I, I mean, I could go on about the things that, you know, I was told and happened, but it, it, it's irrelevant now. What What's amazing right now is that, you know, my sisters are, are safe and he has 
a label on him that he he so he had fled the country mm-hmm. and he had like you know it just, it it was horrible that part of it him leaving and uh not being able to find him so um i have a question um you know this was all like like you said it was messy you know this whole idea of confronting something that hasn't been confronted for years you know mm-hmm. what i mean was messy you know now you look at life and you see people and i don't know for me my story is different but i look at people and i know that there's always context whatever they're going through and when i'm asking you this is we talk about trauma you're talking about sexual trauma there's all types of trauma there's people like go to war and they go through that trauma but what is trauma to you and why do why should people care because like for me some people it's it's hard because they just feel like for me the hardest thing for me was actually admitting i had trauma and then actually getting the help I did need to get. But a lot of times it gets minimized and normalized and you just kind of go about. But just tell, telling your view, you know, I know um, trauma is a big part of your story. So what what is trauma to you? And how, how why do you think people should care about it? Trauma to me is many things. Uh, we all, and I, I'd like to start with that when people hear my story, they tend to compare at, at my story. Oh my goodness, my what I went through is like not even comparable to what you went through, and these things. And it's yeah. And I think about that, and I what I say is that everybody falls off the bike differently. Everybody, we, what you, your life right now is your life, and unless you were to experience something like that, that would be traumatic. But if you are to have, you know, be pregnant and and have a diagnosis of your child, that's traumatic. Your first baby, your second baby, I don't, you know, it. That's traumatic. Mm-hmm. Having, you know, being concerned about your baby living, or how about not even being able to get pregnant? That can be traumatic. Mm-hmm. So it depends on somebody where they're at in life, what has happened, and and by definition, trauma is a deeply distressing or disturbing experience or event. So it is something that happens in your life that is, you know, it, it, it's centered on that person. It is that what, what that person experiences to be deeply distressing or disturbing experience. So that is what trauma means to me. And it can look very differently and it can feel very different. And I just believe that is how we're able to overcome and conquer it and not to just say, we'll just get over it. That is the worst thing to me is when we tell people just to get over it. And, and when, for me, my trauma, that was something that I grew up with. That is something that I didn't know anything else. That was my normal until Mm -hmm. I realized that this isn't something that is normal. This isn't something that was supposed to happen to me. And I have for my whole life, I'm going to still have these things that are because of me being sexually abused. However, that doesn't mean that I can't live a successful and amazing life. It just means that that's something that had happened, but I'm going to move forward and, and live this amazing life that I know that I can live despite having gone through that trauma. Yeah. And I feel that a lot of people just, they, when it comes to trauma, I just went through some trauma therapy and one of the things I was hung up on and that's why I was stressing on thoughts I did a whole session 
30 seconds on one thought and I barely could get over it. One thought, we spent 30 seconds, 100 times I had to go through the EMDR therapy on one thought, just one thought. And that, that, the thing is like, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's about, it's about healing. It's about not just saying you'll get over it. It's also about processing, you know, healing and recovery is a process. You know, it's always, it's always just, you just continue to grow. And I just feel for me, um, the idea is reframing. It's a word that I learned from this book is if you look at it, something so narrow, Jessica, right. And you just look at the bad part, right. Right. You're just going to be focused on that. And how would you feel? You know what I mean? But after a while, when you heal and you recover and you're doing this, you're, you're, you're facing your traumas, you get to reframe it and it gets bigger, gets wider. You get to see things bigger and wider. There's a lot more context. You do never, you never get give excuses for those people who hurt you. You're not giving excuses, but you're allowing yourself to process and to heal. You know, it's a, it's a lifetime thing, but something that, like you said, it does not prevent you to having a successful life or living whatever quality of life that is for you. Does that make sense? So, Absolutely. <laughs> so I really, I really commend you for sharing that part. Anything else? Like, I know I, I, I put questions in between, but I felt so compelled by what your story was saying to me and mm-hmm. how as much as this different story, hurting and being hurt and feeling like there's some sort of loss, mm-hmm. anyone can relate to. You know, mm-hmm. everyone, you come out, you step out the door, you're surrounded by traumas if you're really being honest with you, because anything can happen. A car mm-hmm. accident, someone could get sick in your family, anything could happen. You know that. And uh, yeah. the thing is, loss is a real thing and we're always susceptible to it so mm-hmm. uh i just want to ask you just one question you know those people listening there might be someone who's like maybe facing something similar or struggling with trauma what advice would you give them if there's something let's just say for the for being so specific like sexual trauma whatever it may be for their story what would you give them advice if you could give them right now <sighs> that it is not your fault. That is my my favorite thing in the world to tell people is that it is not your fault. Mm-hmm. And whatever it is that you went through, you did not ask for it and it is not your fault. And I will tell you, Robert, that is what got me through my uh, teenage years going yeah. through therapy. When I went to therapy, I literally sat, I went walked in just fine was totally fine walked out like a freaking mess i was like tears mascara all over my face in my car just sobbing screaming yelling like why because it i had i retold my story i relived everything and it was so horrible at that time i'm like why am i even going to come back to this place and it wasn't until through therapy that i you know learned that and someone had said this isn't your fault and actually in really taking those words and looking at it mm-hmm. and staring at it and then believing it that's what mm-hmm. got me through the, some of the darkest times of my recovery yeah. and when i was sitting in my car like i asked myself and that's that mindset thing piece again what why am i here why am i here why do i want to come back so i took out my little sparkly pen and my piece of paper and I wrote reasons why 13 reasons why I 
wanted to be in therapy. And those <clears throat> 13 reasons I have conquered, I've slayed every single one of those reasons why I wanted to be in therapy. So the, another piece to your question is uh, for advice out there for somebody who is a survivor like me, survivor and thriver, therapy. If you haven't done it already, seek professional guidance and help. It is beautiful and amazing and it's your own journey that you go through so I didn't you know I stuck out therapy for a couple of years and then I felt really great and I've where I needed to be to be able to uh, seek you know therapy in other realms of ways because it could be therapeutic to go on walks it could be therapeutic to you know share time with some of your friends and things like that is also therapy so speaking out and sharing your story that's some therapy of mine too <laughs> So uh, it, that's my advice. It, it's very short, but those are some really important pieces is yeah. to know that it's not your fault. It, I don't care what it was. Like, I don't care if it was a, a boyfriend who assault, sexually assaulted you and you guys had consensual sex before. It still is not okay for somebody to force themselves on you. It is not okay for someone to cross those boundaries. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... I you know, when you were talking and you were sharing um, your 13 reasons and um, writing, you know, just, you know, I was in your podcast and I talked about journaling and how important that is. Because one thing I, I feel that we, we, we don't, we understand, like, um, it's nice when we have people that surround us that are there for us. But we understand that life happens. And at 11 o'clock in the morning, no, 11 o'clock at night and you're struggling it doesn't make sense to just try to get the endorphins and go running, you know, because mm -hmm. you can't, you have life to do. So I find that at least for me, journaling does help because you need an outlet because you need to put all the things, especially if you're going through recovery, let's say you're going through something similar like Jessica, or if you heard my story, something similar to me, having an outlet is so fundamentally a good tool to use especially i do agree with the whole therapy because you need someone who's a professional who's an outsider to, to see you from the outside and look in and kind of really assess professionally what can help you mm -hmm. because it's not them actually saying it it's you discovering it through your therapy they don't really just tell you what to do they act they they lead you to that conclusion yourself you know what i mean yeah so. and something i'd like to add is that you know this is somebody that you're seeking guidance on this is somebody who is helping holding your hand through your journey of of recovery of of therapy and and survivorship so also take in mind like you don't have to uh, take all of their advice. Meaning I was told by my therapist that I'm too young to be in a relationship that I really need to be alone. Mm. And I knew that she was wrong because yeah. my husband was my world and he still is. And he, at that time yeah. he was my fiance. I was only 18. Yeah. So I was very young, but I knew in my heart that that was not the right, this, it's not a one size fits all. You're, yeah. you're yeah. you know, the, the knowing, in your gut what is important for you for your survivorship that in a healthy way so knowing that my husband he was someone there for me through thick and thin and that he was going to be he was there you know he would stare down my biological father in the courtroom for me so i mean having him there it was extremely important and so i knew like 
no, that's something that I don't agree on. So they, they are your therapists. They're helping to guide you. They're advising. Exactly. Doesn't mean that you have to follow every single thing. Exactly, because the thing, uh, one thing I've learned, and I think Jessica, you could, you could agree, is that we should never put our validations in people. You know, and in the sense that we put everything on them because we'll be we'll be chasing. Like if we put our validations in getting that job, being in that relation, whatever it is, our life will be a mess. For us, we have to be we have to be the healing of the recovery that we're talking about, the trauma, the a whole process is us getting back what we lost. You know what I mean? Getting back what we lost and overcoming and conquering that trauma. You know what I mean? The thing is. You have to know that you have value. I, I, you know, I, one thing that you know, I, I like a lot is the idea that we are not, but our value shouldn't hinge on our performance. You know, there's a lot of people who, in this world that kind of, if we don't perform well, we don't have value. You know how sometimes the market works. You know, the real estate, for example, when they had the real estate bubble, I remember reading this story. This guy always made great money doing real estate, and then all of a sudden he could make nothing. Does that mean he has less value as a person, or not? You know, the thing is, people hinge themselves too much on that. I feel that you need to find yourself. You know, whether it's faith, whatever, you have to find meaning. And I feel like finding meaning in your life, finding something that matters, understanding and really grasping what the why is that we've been talking about, me and Jessica, really will help you what to do the how. You know. And, right. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but no, I, for me, it, it internalize, internalizing it and making it real for yourself. Do not put so much weight. Do take advice because some people come into your life and they do give you great advice. But at the same time, don't feel like you have to prove yourself. Be mindful and know what you want and know what the why is. Then the how will be better, easier for you. So. Right. Well, would you like me to share a little bit more of my story before we? Yeah, I want you to just yeah, just continue like finish up with the story and then we'll just wrap things up i i really appreciate you coming here and sharing it so go ahead jessica thank you okay so i think where we left off was when i had made the report and he had fled the country so he was later found uh you know traveling and then we went to court and by that time i was pregnant with my son which going through that was traumatic because it's my first baby and i was still pretty young i was 22 and i was pregnant so that was fun i'm being very sarcastic and i ended up settling so we ended up doing a plea bargain so he only got 10 years probation time served he waited in jail for four years so he received the time served and then I was okay with that. I wanted more. I wanted him to be at least registered for more than 10, but I fought I fought for every single day. So he got the 10 years and the whole process, I'm really skipping over it. I'm minimizing it. I just want to emphasize that going through the trial and the, the, like we didn't go through trial, but the whole process of going to court. And we had many of those occasions where I had to go to court and um, he was there, was very difficult. That was very, very hard. And that's why I chose the plea bargain route. And just to make sure that my family was protected was very important to me and to make sure that nobody else would be harmed by his, by him. Mm-hmm. So that was a very, very, very hard time for me to go through that process. Uh, it was mentally draining and exhausting and physically exhausting, and especially being pregnant at the time. So fast forward, 
into my life that would just put everything behind me. That was a, like, it was like I was shedding, it's like I was wearing this cape, but not like a superhero cape, just this cape of like <laughs> hiding and in, invisible of what's actually happening in my life. And it was heavy and it was like soaking wet heavy of all this horrible darkness. And I actually just released it it would, that's how it felt to me to just paint that picture of I just released the cape and I no longer had to wear it any longer and that's when I started moving forward and knowing you know what is my purpose I'm driven by purpose my why my, where I want my destination to be and the steps to get there one of my steps was to tell and that's what I did so shedding that that oh, heavy cape of disgustingness and being able to move forward was a huge step in the right direction and that's when I began uh, shortly after that starting to tell my story and I began actually when I went to college in speech class I <laughs> talking in front of a group was is still terrifying but knowing that my purpose of why I am sharing my story if it helps just one person then I have a goal achieved and that's what, what I'm driven by and my purpose in life is to, sh to show people that despite our trauma, we can overcome and conquer mm -hmm. and we can live an amazing life despite all of that and through sharing stories. So sharing my story and being able to do that and, and sharing what I have gone through and I'm really not putting sharing a lot of little details and things like that, but I think yeah. you get the idea of yeah. how it went down. Yeah, and it's just it's just inspiring to see where you're at right now, and just to see, just you just, you know, you look at the story like a lot of trauma stories. It's just one of the things is there's always a loss. You know what I mean? There's always some sort of loss that you you either lost yourself, you lost your view, your value of yourself, and to see that you know the way you talk and how you're presenting this yeah we know there's a still more processing of this whole event and you know what that's okay recovery is sometimes lifelong but it doesn't negate or just shortchange your the quality of life you live you know what i mean and i just mm -hmm. feel it's just really encouraging to see this i i feel i hear this and i i hope the people listening hears this too i just want to ask you um just this what worked and what didn't and you kind of said that, but anything else you want to just say, you know, mm -hmm. about you right now and where you're at right now, where you see yourself, mm. what's next for you? And, and then mm. go from there. Well, I leave that up to God and the universe, <laughs> but yeah. for me, what I would like my, so I, I mentioned I'm driven by my purpose and my purpose in life is not only to be my main purpose is to be an amazing mother, mm. uh, but and wife. But my, you know, my purpose in life also is to help others by sharing my story, to help others live a successful, meaningful life that they're meant to have. Because so often, you know, I could have, we talk about mindset, I could have had this mindset where I did, I did have that mindset, but I could have carried that through my adulthood that I wasn't good enough to have you know the life that i have i wasn't good enough to hold a you know a, this job that i want or to go to college because i was never really taught told that i was very smart you know you're, yeah. you're so beautiful but I, and i didn't believe that either because the person that was telling me that i just made me feel horrible about myself so all these things just getting through and 
doing some self work and uh, for my mindset. And, and that's why my podcast is called diamond mind radio, because it promotes a strong mindset. And yeah. even if, you know, sometimes we don't, we're not perfect. Some days I wake up like, Bleh, and not, not totally a hundred percent, but just knowing that where, how to, uh, fuel myself and how to, uh, change and rewire my thinking it's hard sometimes but it can be done we are we are the masters of our own mind or yeah. we can fall servant to it because our mind is this powerful machine and will tell us things and we can either accept it or throw it out and i love what my little sister had said she had told me you know when we tell ourselves these things it's like we're allowing this roommate in our mind to live there rent free it's like why, why not just kick that person i'm like you're so right so and it's so true like we just allow ourselves to tell us you know these things but i think i just went on a little tangent but back to what you had asked me what's next for me i don't know i really my purpose is is to grow this podcast and to be able to share my story around the world and not that my story is like the you know the best story but it shows that we can overcome and conquer despite our you know the trauma that we go through because people go through you know worse or you know (laughs) not so whatever it is don't compare we all go through something it's just the purpose is to know that you can overcome and live an amazing life and that's my purpose and that's what I that's the next thing I want in my life is to be able to do more of that yeah you know it's funny you you talk about like um, if a person's trauma is worse or less worse the thing is I try to try to cancel that out because it doesn't it promotes this idea that i'm only worth getting help if i'm this worse you know the this victim game is just a stigma that you know we don't we talk about stigma when it comes to recovery in the sense of like what other people think but a lot of times the stigma is what we have within ourselves like we don't get the help because we don't think we're what sick enough or or been hurt enough or we don't find value in ourselves right what this podcast and what i believe jessica's podcast is trying to do is showcase stories that inspire us that yes you are valued yes you can do stuff and the thing is you know i feel like truth is one of the most healing things like i don't like just telling people positive things even though if they're lies you know what i mean if there's something like for me you have to be kind of you know truth can be hard but also could be a lot of healing and growth you know it's that uh, the idea of you know being able to fail but also be able to get up you know there's a lot of moments in my recovery that i had i failed just like i'm sure you had and you said but you, the point is that you got up you know what i mean and um it's an amazing it's an amazing journey that we that recovery promotes a humbleness and a kind of view in life that's very different and i just like to say this at the end of the day jessica what will it really matter when we because what matters is the connections we make and that's what we're doing we're making connections because the people who surround us the people who are important are the things that we will hold dear in our lives when we're looking back at our lives not the things we own not the car that's we just bought it's going to be the people because those are the ones that matters. We're not islands, right, Jessica? Mm-hmm. We're not islands. We're here. We're relational beings that 
matter. The, the thing is sometimes people have hurt us down the road, but they do not define us. You know, you know what I mean? So we just continue healing and working and getting those people to support and encourage us. I I'm I, I really appreciate you being on this podcast, sharing your story that's inspiring for many, I'm sure, who will be listening. And I just want to ask you, um, um, is there anything else you want to share about your story before I, I kind of add, I tell, um, ask you where people can find you and anything else, any resources that you think you want to share with the listeners or anything like that? Well, I always share my story like I always so when I share my story I trust that however it comes out is what it's meant to come out and it's funny because when I had shared my story at that uh, event that you had hosted Mm -hmm. the mental health summit I was talking to someone and she was saying oh thank you for you know sharing your story and I said yeah I missed some things I really want to talk about this and this she said to me you know, you were meant to share it how you were meant to share it, whatever yeah. was on your heart. And I'm like, ah, oh, I love that so much. So I really believe that. So I think I've, I've said everything that was meant to be said. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to my story, but I yeah. believe that it was meant to come out the way it was supposed to. So I'm going to leave it, leave yeah. it the way it is. <laughs> okay. Um, let's, uh, let's just go to just, uh, you talked about your podcast. Is there anything more you want to share with? Uh, uh, I'm going to put obviously in the notes your link to your podcast and everything. But anything you want people to know who are listening in here and what your podcast is about, what you're trying to do with it. I know you kind of went over that, but well, I don't think I mentioned that I have my degree. I'm an occupational therapy assistant. So not a lot of people know what that is. If you do, you're awesome. And now you will be awesome because you'll know what it means. So what we do is we help people to live their life to the fullest, basically. And whatever, it's client-centered. So whatever your is important to you is important to us. You can find us working in a pediatric setting, a geriatric setting. I'm a pediatric uh, occupational therapy assistant. So I am really into the mental health stuff. I actually work now at an at-risk high school, which is really awesome. And I help uh, youth to just, I'm kind of like the guidance counselor. So I'm the specialist there for the guidance department. And I love it. It's, it's just so awesome. So I wanted to mention that about myself too. I, in my work, I'm also, that's, I'm like kind of like little spider web and I have my podcast, I have the real work and I just recently resigned from uh, the Department of Children and Families. I was a youth and family coordinator where I helped youth transition into adulthood. I have a passion for our foster population. I have my sister went through it, my older sister and my older brother. So my heart goes out to uh, you foster parents out there and parents who have adopted. I, you know, my heart goes out to you. Thank you so much. And for anybody who's supports our foster youth. Uh, Thank you so much. My podcast is all about connecting uh, strong minds. And if you don't feel like you have one, you will. So it's all about, um, the podcast is about breaking through the barriers of trauma-related experiences while igniting your passion within. And that's also done with sharing life experiences. We're promoting positive perspectives, self-growth and development, and just encouraging that strong mindset. And it's done not just by me talking, it's also like Robert does having people come on and sharing their stories because like I said, trauma comes in all forms and packages and 
we all fall off the bike differently. So it's great to hear these different perspectives. And you never know when you might, your friend might share something with you and you're gonna have the resources available and have that perspective up your sleeve. So yeah, that's pretty much what it's about. You can find me at diamondmindradio.com. I'm also on Pinterest, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram at diamondmindradio. It's uh, diamond, D-I-A-M-O-N-D-M-I-N-D, radio, R-A-D-I-O. And I'm on all major platforms. Oh, great. Uh, any resources that you want to share with anyone that would helped you or? Uh, I have a resource, a uh, little page on my website and I have just yeah. like the rape crisis and the. Yeah. Uh, just, just share that with me. I'll put it in the notes. If you don't okay, know offhand, right. that's fun. Um, again, thank you for being a guest, Jessica. It's been an honor to just get to know people like yourself who are passionate and, and able to share their stories I feel like it's it's really a, a a great thing for all of us to do is to be reminded of our stories. No, not not be stuck in the grievance of the story, but really stuck in the healing. Um, uh, what I like to also share with my uh, listeners is that you know, um, moving forward in 2020, we're going to be doing um, um, May is going to be Mental Health um, Awareness Month, and we're going to be doing special segments. We're going to get a whole bunch of people within the circles that i've i do like to drop in there in st augustine and uh, that I work with nami and i'm gonna try to go ahead and get 10 minute stories from people who don't normally do stories and i'm trying to do that and i'm gonna bring and be portable and that's something i'm looking forward to and also if you know anyone who is a good who will be a good guest on my um, podcast please email me on uh just you could just visit my website it's revive ministries fl.com um i'll put um jessica's website also there and um you'll get all the notes is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we we sign off jessica sure just that you all are amazing and thank you for your time and tuning in and i hope you all have a wonderful day Ditto. All right. I'll see. Uh, check up for updates on the website, and you have a great day. Thank Bye. you so much.